Alrighty then, hello, hello, hello. It's Gamer Dude. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you back. Glad you're listening. Thanks for being here. Today's episode of Storytime is going to be about radio and Gene Shepard. I'm sure you picked that up from the title when it said stories about radio and Gene Shepard. I'm pretty straightforward with those titles. There's not a lot of mystery to what we're going to do here. When I put it in the title, that's what we're going to talk about. Radio has always been important to me, and it was important to me from a young age, and it's been important to me throughout my life because, as many of you know, I did work in radio for several years uh, before I chose a different path to go down in my career, but I've always enjoyed radio. I've always listened to radio and I've always loved what happens in a radio broadcast. And there's so much you can do in a radio broadcast. What I never got to do in radio was the stuff that I'm doing with this podcast, which is just talk to you guys. I always had bits and I always had music to play and I always had weather forecasts to do. It was all very formatted and very strict as far as what I was able to do. What I aspired to do was what I heard as a child, which was talk radio, not the talk radio we have now with politics and ranting and people going off on each other and getting people to yell at each other. There was talk radio where you actually talked about things or people would tell stories. And one of the greatest storytellers for me was Gene Shepard. We'll get to Gene in a minute, but I wanted to talk about radio in general because radio To me, it's the theater of the mind. Now, I said in the pilot episode, we're not going to do any theater in this podcast. But you know what? The whole podcast is theater because when you're listening to me, you have an image of me. Now, many of you know what I look like from uh, watching me on Twitch. But some of you have never seen me on Twitch. And so you only have an image of me based on my voice. And I remember the days in radio when you didn't have pictures of what the DJs looked like. So you would form an image in your head of what these guys looked like. And then you were so shocked and often disappointed when you actually saw their faces and go, oh my God, that's not what I thought he looked like at all. Jeez. But that's the power of your imagination coupled with the power of sound and the theater of the mind. Radio and podcasts can take you places based on who you're listening to, based on how well they tell a story, based on a lot of different factors. And it's an amazing medium to use. And I've always loved that you can play with people's imaginations, take them in different directions and show them things that they might not otherwise see. Like what I look like, where I am, what I'm wearing. You have all these things in your mind right now. And that's part of the theater of the mind. You create the the stage upon which you're listening to this podcast. And that's an amazing little thing to me. And that's kind of what I want to do today too, is to build something together. I know it sounds difficult, right? How are we going to do that? We're, we're not in the same room. We don't have tools. We don't have wood. We don't need that. We've got the theater of the mind and we've got my words and your imagination. So we're going to build our podcast studio today. And I need your help to do it because you need to be able to visualize where I am. So our podcast studio, it's, it's a, an 8 by 10 room. And in back of me right now is a large plate glass window overlooking the New York skyline. 
Now, you've all seen the New York skyline, so you have an image of that in your head. Now, the plate glass is double-plated, so we're not getting any of that nasty city noise in here. Uh, but you can see the buildings over there to the left is the Chrysler Building, and just past that is the Empire State Building. And if we look downtown, we can actually see the Freedom Tower. It's all the way down at the end of, at the end of Manhattan Island. And when we look at our window to the left and to the right, we can see Brooklyn, we can see New Jersey, we can see for miles because we're pretty high up in the building that the podcast studio is in. So you have that image in your mind. Now, that's what's in back of us as we're sitting here at the microphone. The desk that I'm sitting at, it's about six feet long. I have plenty of room here. I've got some papers here. You know, I have some notes so that I can keep track of what I want to talk about. Got some pens over here so I can keep track of things and write things down. And, uh, you know, it looks like a desk, but there's, you know, there's a computer screen over there so I can keep track of the time. It's over on the left. And it's a, it's a nice big timer because I have bad eyes so I can see the big numbers ticking as the time goes by and we see how long we're talking. And over on the right, there's a glass of water so that I can wet my whistle as I continue to talk and need a little moisture to keep the voice going. And then directly across from me, there's a great big double-paned window looking into the engineer's room. The engineer's room, you say? Why, yes, of course, the engineer's room. What good, self-respecting podcast wouldn't have an engineer's room? I can't do this by myself. I need an engineer. So we have to create our engineer. By the way, the glass is right there. You can tell because I just tapped on it. So there's the glass. I can reach it from sitting right here at the desk. I just reach over and, and I get the engineer's attention. Yep, yep, he's waving. Yep, how you doing? How you doing? Now... Anybody who's familiar with the stream knows there can only be one person to be the engineer, and that's Mr. Agador. Of course, Mr. Agador is our engineer. Now, I don't need to say anything more than that for a lot of you. You already have an image in your mind of what Mr. Agador looks like. Mr. Agador is a person to you because he runs the bots in the stream, and he runs the raffles, and he runs all of the bank heists and all of the arenas. That's Mr. Agador. And Mr. Agador can be very picky when people post things that he doesn't like and does things that he doesn't like. He'll time you out for 10 seconds, but he'll also reward you with chips and bits and all kinds of goodies. So you have an image of Mr. De Mr. Agador. And that image comes with a way he looks, a way he sounds, a way he dresses. Well, we're going to add a little to Mr. Agador today because we're going to talk to Mr. Agador. Yes, we are actually going to talk to Mr. Agador. Mr. Agador. Yo, Mr. Agador. I, I, I know, I know. I need you to open your mic and say something just so the people know you're there. Mm, I don't get paid to talk. You don't get paid to do anything. Wait, what? What? Uh, we'll talk about it later. So there you have Mr. Agador. He now has a voice. We've created Mr. Agador and a voice to go with him. We can put that voice with the figure we've created in our minds. And next time we're in the stream together and you see Mr. Agador's name pop up, you're now going to associate a voice with Mr. Agador. It's amazing when you think about it. In our minds, we've created a person. And he's working behind the glass over there. And he's part of the podcast pretty cool, isn't it? Now, the other thing we can do with Mr. Agador, now that he's here, we can ask him to do things for us. Like I can say, Mr. Agador, I need a dramatic piano. 
because I'm going to tell a very dramatic story. So Mr. Agador will push a little button on his screen over there. By the way, he does have a screen just like I do, except his has a lot of buttons because he's in charge of all the sound effects. So if I ask him for the dramatic piano, he'll do something like this. And now we have a dramatic piano for those moving moments where I have a sad story to tell. Where I talk about the time I was stood up at the ice cream parlor and the flowers that I brought for my girlfriend are wilting in my hand. So Mr. Agador can do that for us now. Yes, I know, theater, right? Isn't it lovely? (laughs) But that's the fun part about radio, and that's why I love it. And that's why it fascinates me. Because now we have a studio that you can visualize. We have an engineer's booth, which you now know what it looks like. And there's a big computer screen in there. And cranky Mr. Agador pushing buttons and throwing sound effects in whenever we need them. We hope. That's the beauty of radio. And that's why it's so interesting to me. And that's why I wanted to do things with radio like tell stories. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. So I can tell the stories that I've always wanted to tell. The other thing we can do with this is we can go places that we might not otherwise go. Now, are we actually going to go there? Well, you tell me. Instead of doing the show from the studio today, why don't we take the show on the road? Instead of sitting here in a cranky little room, a cramped up little room, and looking out the window at the New York skyline, what if we take the show on the road to the beach? All we have to do is ask Mr. Agador to send us to the beach, and all of a sudden we can be at the beach. We've got the waves breaking on the shore. We've got some seagulls flying by. Look, you can even see the sandpipers running against the waves over there. And if we sit back and just listen, we can hear the waves, we can feel the breeze. We can feel the sun on our skins because we've taken ourselves to the beach. It's incredible where we can go and what we can do when we let our minds take us there, when we let our imaginations run wild. And that's the coolest part about what radio did for me as a youngster and as it did for me when I worked in radio and as the podcast is allowing me to do now. Now, the podcast is something that I wanted to do, as I said, to tell stories about my life, what I've experienced, what I've been through. It's my way of handing on or passing on the stories that are important to me that might teach you some lessons or, at the very least, give you some entertainment. And that's where Gene Shepard comes into the mix. Gene Shepard was a broadcaster when I was growing up. He worked on a radio station with the call letters WOR. This is one of the old school radio stations. It was an AM station. I know that a lot of you guys don't even know what AM is. Who listens to AM anymore? But AM was the only kind of radio there was when I was growing up. And it was important to us because we were in such a rural area. We could still get New York radio stations even though we were more than 70 miles away from the city. So we would tune in the radio stations that we got from New York, and we would get all-news radio, 88 WCBS. Yes, I do remember all of the calls, because that's what my father listened to. He was News Radio 88, WCBS Radio. Then there was uh, WABC, which sometimes went to music, 
sometimes went to news. They were a top 40 station. They played the top 40 songs in the country. Um, and it was always the same 40, and every week it would change. And every week we'd listen to Casey Kasem with America's Top 40. And he would count down the top 40 songs in the country that week, and those are the 40 songs we listened to all week long on WABC. And then there was WOR. WOR was talk radio. It was truly talk radio. People would talk about home improvement and cars and all different kinds of things that a kid like me didn't care about. I didn't care about cars at that time. Ten years old, what do I know about cars? You know, I was listening to Top 40 Radio and playing outside with my friends. That's all that I worried about. Until bedtime. Now, my bedtime was 9 o'clock. Now, you have to go back in time and picture a 10-year-old gamer dude. I actually had hair on my head and no mustache or goatee. I know that's hard to visualize, but that was me at 10. A little shorter version of me, but pretty much the same kid that I am now. And yes, I do consider myself a kid to this day. Um, But 10-year-old me had a nine o'clock bedtime. I don't know how I discovered the Gene Shepard show. I don't know why I came upon it. I was going against the rules and listening to radio when I should have been sleeping, but I'm not a sleeper. I've always been a night person, even as a kid. So I would have to go to bed at 9 p.m. Gene Shepard show started at 9.15. So all I can figure is that I must have been spinning the AM dial looking for something to listen to to keep me occupied while I didn't fall asleep. And I came upon Gene Shepard. Now, Gene was an author and a broadcaster. He wrote a bunch of books, and I've re- I read all of the books back when I first discovered them. And I believe they're still available. I'll put links up in the show description if you want to see some of the books that he wrote. But he had cool titles. I mean, The Ferrari in the Bedroom. What kind of title is that for a book? But it was, it was an interesting book. Then he had In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. And then he had Wanda Hickey's Night... Oh, what was it? It was Wanda Hickey's Night of Golden Memories. That's what it was. Night of Golden Memories. And these consisted of stories that he told on the air, stories of his youth, novelized versions of those stories. He changed the names to protect the innocent, but they were always very interesting stories. But that's the stuff that he wrote. What he did on the air was tell the same stories, but expanded on them. And he did it in such a way that you were sucked into the story, and especially little 10-year-old gamer dude with his imagination ready to go anywhere, listening to this guy tell stories. It was really something that I looked forward to because it took me to places that I, I didn't even know existed. Not only did it take me places, but it transported me in time. I found myself not a 10-year-old in a bed in New Jersey, I was in 1943, Indiana, walking along the streets with Gene and his friends Schwartz and Flick and all the other kids that he would tell stories about. And it was a transportation that I never thought possible, but that I loved. And so as I was sitting in my bed at 914, waiting for the show to start, I was always full of anticipation, looking forward to these trips that he would take us on. And he told the stories, the, Christmas, the movie A Christmas Story is based on his stories. It's actually a chapter from one of his books. And the stories that he told on the air worked their way into the movie A Christmas Story. So if you've ever seen A Christmas Story, and who by now hasn't seen A Christmas Story at least once, 
That's based on Gene Shepard's childhood. Gene Shepard actually makes a cameo in that movie, just so you know. If you look closely, you can see him. He's one of the guys in line in the department store telling Ralphie to get to the end of the line. That's Gene Shepard. But what Gene would do is tell these stories about Christmas or about blizzards or about football or about the old man. Oh, my God, the old man. Who's the old man? I didn't know who the old man was. It took me a while to realize he was referring to his father. And that was a shock to me because nobody referred to their father as the old man, not where I grew up. But to Gene, that was a normal thing to do. You referred to your old man as the old man because that's what he was, an old man. And that was something that I learned listening to Gene Shepard. And now, you know, I'm called the old man. (laughs) So funny how things come around, isn't it? But going back to 10-year-old gamer dude, I would be sitting there at 9.14 and I'd be watching the clock. And we didn't have digital clocks back then. It was a dial clock plugged into the wall and it had little glow-in-the-dark hands so that I didn't have to have a light on. The dim light from the hallway would go under the crack of my door. So I had a little bit of light, but I needed those glow-in-the-dark hands to know when the show was about to start. Because that 15 minutes from the time that I jumped into bed to the time Gene Shepard's show would start... That was a long 15 minutes. I just couldn't wait because I loved listening to this guy. And he had this theme song. And it was, it was a theme song that just sparked excitement in me just from hearing it. And as soon as I heard that theme song, I knew something good was going to happen. Something interesting was going to happen. Now, it's a theme song that I didn't know by name at the time. I learned it subsequently. But all I knew it as was Gene Shepard's theme song. And I actually dug up a copy. It's not going to mean the same to you as it does to me. But as I play this right now, I'm going to get chills because every time I hear it, I get chills. And it was just this anticipation waiting for this trumpet to blow. And I knew that the story time was about to start. Right there. Right there. Just that trumpet was enough. But then you hear the rest of the music kick in, and it's exciting. It's almost circus-like. It was just such a fun thing to listen to. And he'd always start the show with the theme song, and he'd let it play for a little bit. And then he'd, he'd say something interesting, something fun, like, All right, kids, you ready to play radio? Or he'd start with a story about his day. Or he'd start a story about Christmas, or about growing up, or about the old man. And that song, it goes about two minutes, and he would often let the whole two minutes play out. And I loved listening to that song. By the way, in case you want to know, it's called the Braun Fry Polka. I don't know how he came upon using that as his theme song, but it was just perfect. It captured the spirit of the man and the show. It was just so exciting for me to listen to. And so I would sit down and huddle up under my covers and I'd have the little radio pressed against my ear so that I could listen to it without being too loud so that mom and dad wouldn't know that I was not sleeping and instead listening to the radio because you had to do that kind of thing. They would check. Can you believe that? They would check on us. Imagine that. But I'd have that little radio pressed against my ear and I'd listen to the stories and he would regale us with a variety of different tales the story about the 
the friend of his getting his tongue stuck on the flagpole. He told that story. That's a scene from a Christmas story. That's a story I first heard him tell on the air. I also read it in his book long before it was ever part of the movie. Because after I heard the stories, I had to get his books. And I wanted to read all that stuff and get more information about this guy because his stories were interesting to me. Like I said, they took me to a place I didn't know existed, to a time that was long before my time. And I just love listening to it. And I, I just adored this guy. It was amazing to me every night that he would come up with yet another story to tell me. And it was even more interesting than the last one. Now, granted, there were some clunkers in there. Some of the stories about trains and mines and things that I didn't understand were over my head. I was 10 years old. I didn't know half the references that he was making. But the way he was telling the stories at least kept me interested. The thing I liked about Gene Shepard is this. He was able to transport me to other places and other times in a very interesting way, and it kept me entertained. And that's why I looked forward to him every single night. And it's something that I'll always remember. And I hope by my telling you this story about Gene Shepard, you'll remember it too. You can actually find a lot of Gene Shepard's radio broadcasts on YouTube. If you do a YouTube search for Gene Shepard Radio, I'll put a couple of links up in the show description. But you can go ahead and just search Gene Shepherd Radio in Google, and they have actually full episodes of his radio program there on YouTube for you to listen to. Now, you may not get the same charge out of it that I did, because you have to remember the period of time that I grew up in. We had AM radio and six channels on our TV, and that was our entertainment. We had books, we had magazines, we had comic books, but as far as other diversions, it was AM radio and TV. So if there was something interesting and captivating, I would dive into that and I would just sit and listen for 45 minutes straight to the entire broadcast, hooked on every word that he was saying. These days, there are so many things that distract you. This long form kind of entertainment might not be something that you're interested in. But if you want to give a listen to Gene Shepard, I highly recommend his stories. He actually reads the chapter where the Christmas Story movie came from as one of the broadcasts that he did. And I remember him doing this. And that's one of the episodes that's up on YouTube. So you can actually go look for Gene Shepard if you want a little flavor of what I grew up with. But those are the kind of stories that I wanted to learn how to tell. And now that I have this podcast, I'm hopeful to be able to tell those stories to you guys. That's the plan, and that's what I'm really hoping that you guys get out of it. The same kind of enjoyment, the same kind of entertainment that I got from Gene Shepard. It's something that I really look forward to doing for a long time. I really appreciate you guys listening. It's, um, it's interesting to tell the stories because it helps me relive things in my life that made a difference to me. And it helps me convey the kind of person I am to you. And maybe you understand a little bit more about me and maybe you're interested, maybe you're not. But it's a cathartic experience for me as well. So I appreciate you guys tuning in, sticking around and listening to these stories. I do have plenty of them. So I hope you'll come back for more. 
Until next time, you take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.